The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. This is Rocky Romero of New Japan Pro Wrestling, and you are listening to the Super J Cast. Woo! Asuka. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by David McDonald's on a, a perfectly normal day. <laughs> There's nothing going on as we're recording and everything is just completely fine. Yeah, we hope, right? <laughs> That's going to be fine, don't worry. Um, but it is a big day. I think it, there is a uh, sense of... Uh, uh, there's a sense of a lot. <laughs> there's a thickness in the air, Joel. And it's not a lingering thought. It is a uh, a change in the guard here in the United States. So uh, today's the big day. Everyone's excited. Everyone's talking about it. Um, weirdly enough, no one's talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling at Quirk and all. <laughs> not even people who do New Japan Pro Wrestling podcasts. But uh, that's, that's on our plate today. And... Uh, so we'll ride the excitement of an inauguration uh, and a new president of the United States uh, with some pro wrestling talk as well. And maybe uh, other things thrown into fill time, right? <laughs> well, Damon, speaking of one uh, disgraced leader of bad guys slinking off in shame, let's talk about Switchblade Jay White. All right. <laughs> so, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think of that segue? I just came up with that off the top of my head. You you are praised for these. You know that people tell me, and I see a little bit on Twitter again uh, the feedback of your segues and the work that, uh, or what's what's even more amazing is the lack thereof. Like be, being able to just pull them out of your hat. Uh, they're they're great. They're creative. They're fun. People get a kick out of them. I love them. They pop me. That's all. That's all you should give a shit about. I love them. That's right. That's what I was just saying before we started recording. Just pulling pull out the curtain. I've started recording these podcasts in my new larger hotel room. Ooh. I was a bit worried. I was like, oh, Esther might be sort of crawling in or banging at the door or making noise. And I thought, I don't care. <laughs> because <laughs> my comfort is the most important thing. So uh, if the background noise is uh, disruption, then fuck you. Ooh. <laughs> don't give a shit. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I tried to get... I spent 10 minutes, I had to you, you know, this is the laptop I use for work, and and uh, and by um, the good graces of all things that are powerful and good, uh, I'm back covering hockey again in empty arenas with just media people, and it's the weirdest thing in the world. Um, but I had to take my laptop up, you know, not apart, but unplug everything and take it and change some settings. And this is the first show that we're doing back. 
And I'm like, oh, Joel's like, I can't hear you, asshole. <laughs> I can't hear you. And I'm like, fuck. Right, you know, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. i got to figure out how to fucking make Skype work. The last I was thing just I glad it wasn't me. I thought my headphones were packed in or something. So as long as it's your fault, then I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it took me a little bit. We were about 10-minute delay. 10-minute delay. But it, uh, it was because uh, I uh, – what did I want to do um, with it? I downloaded um, – oh, yeah, I was just worried about like – because we have no player availability now. So we'd no longer go into the locker room. Everything's done by uh, a WebEx, like a Zoom call. So I just wanted to see if I could change. I don't know what the fuck I really wanted to do. I don't even know what the original point was, but I wanted to change some setting, and that's what it was for my my mic input and all that dumb shit. So, uh, a, a riveting start to the Super J cast talking about mic settings, but uh, here we are. Okay, let's talk about Jay White then. So um, a few bits and pieces to update from last week. There was quite a lot of scuttlebutt earlier in the oh. week with uh, New Japan Cup promotional posters going up that had Jay White on them, and people were like, "Oh, look, Jay White's on the posters. There's no way he's leaving." Then Jay White's profile disappeared from the New Japan website, the English and the Japanese one. Then someone found a link to it with an added paragraph about him potentially quitting, and then that disappeared too. So the the rumor continues to turn, Damon. Um, number one, I would say, forget the posters. The posters don't mean shit they're they're outsourced they're produced months in advance they never tell you anything about storylines who's staying who's leaving nakamura was on them aj stars was on them uh, the new beginning 2016 posters so they were on them after they quit kenny was on new beginning 2019 posters let's put that one to bed straight away forget the posters now we are uh sitting on some stuff right now we you know we could do a bit of cajoling to get it out there but for once uh, i i actually don't want to do that because this is it's getting into possible, if not probable, storyline territory, which I'm not interested in spoiling for people. You know, we're all about the logistics scoops here on the Super J cast. Like, you know, this tour's coming up, or there's going to be a show here, or, you know, these guys are coming back for this tournament, or whatever. So, um, you know, like, hypothetically, if someone in um, 2018 were to tell me, hey, uh, in, in January 2020, Naito's going to become double champion, or, or whatever, then I wouldn't really want to share that because then it starts affecting people's enjoyment of the product it would be uh, a spoiler and and i think this j contract situation is veering dangerously into that territory so I'll, I'll try and just be factual here it's pretty clear that jay's contract is up at the end of the month right. there was definitely interest from wwe but whether or not jay was serious about leaving depends on who you ask we've got people in the company who, who we trust that were, were genuinely worried about him going there are others in the company that say the whole thing's a work uh, uh, you know, there's some people in the company who are actively trying to work us the super j cast and that's good they should be doing that i i applaud that because you know, if you'll f- forgive me and my uh, self-important echo chamber p- people like us help to get storylines over and you know you just need to look at the replies to all the the tweets i'm putting out about profiles disappearing and whatnot and, and people are lapping it up so I mean, to me, this looks like a, a unified effort between the wrestlers and the office staff and everyone just to get this uh, Jay White babyface turn going, leaking the information about WWE, which is going to make uh, a lot of people hope that it's not true. Right. Um, and then when he eventually does show back up in New Japan, he's going to get a, a big babyface pop. So that, we're that, also getting stuff popping up on these shows as well. Sorry, I'll just quickly update you um we've got Gotto backstage saying that he would teach Jay White how to keep getting back up we've got Ghetto he's not wearing the Jay White t-shirt anymore 
commentary saying that Ghetto is in, into the, a reflective period about what's going on. So I think there's enough evidence of the company leaning into it that it, it makes me optimistic that we're going to see Jay White in the New Japan ring again. Yeah, I think that, that we are, you know, I'm, in, in my humble opinion, um, we, we will. Um, I, I don't think the idea is preposterous of if, if you know, if, if I'm a wrestling company and I say, okay, if somebody's going to leave, um, or we're going to put out the idea that someone is no longer going to be with New Japan, who is a top star. Um, but in all actuality, he's staying. This would be a blueprint to do it, right? Um, the only thing that I find a little bit weird, we'll, we'll call it, is that if this is a conscious effort to put over the fact that Jay White, you know, is staying but just taking some time off and and um we're working an audience that never really was worked before by New Japan, you know what I mean? Like we're we're like it feels like this would be for a North American audience. I know that like if you search Twitter um using um, you know, the settings of me, you know, Jay White in Japanese, um, and search Twitter. I mean, people are, in, in Japan are talking about it, and fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling in Japan are talking about it. But doesn't it feel like that it's it's more for North American fans? And don't you think that's weird that, that you know what is right now anyway maybe maybe a few months ago or a few years ago this was a i wouldn't say it was just a primarily japanese promotion but you know we're having run shows in the united states not the, of their own fault in quite a while it just feels like we're we're working english speaking fans and that seems weird no i disagree with you there because i think okay. you touched on it if you search the uh, katakana, the Jay White in Japanese, you will find all Japanese fans talking about it. We picked up a load of new followers, uh, Japanese language followers who are concerned about this. I was talking to Manabu, a lot of Japanese fans are very worried about Jay White leaving. So, no, I don't think it is a, a storyline that is exclusively aimed at the Western audience at all. I think the Japanese fans have got their finger on the pulse and they are just as into it as we are. Right. Yeah. I don't know, just why would... Why would they have taken his profile off the Japanese side as well, then, if they if this was a, an angle that was strictly aimed at us? It's a good point. Foreigners. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, I mean... This is, this is to, to build toward a Jay White triumphant return. And I think everybody is pointing a finger of, okay, this is going to be the beginning of a huge baby face turn. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, what other, what other way to do that than the old absence makes the heart grow fonder thing. Um, yeah. And, and it's more than that, isn't it? It's all these little touches from, you know, the big stuff like 
Jay's promos, other wrestlers talking about Jay White. These right. posters going up and up and down. I don't know where exactly it was. It might have been in Korakuen Hall, but they had posters. I think it was for the anniversary event with all the wrestlers, and there was a Jay White one. But then they actively took that down and replaced it with another wrestler. So again, that is something that only fans who are in Japan in that area of Tokyo are going to see and notice. Um, okay. The the profiles going up and down from the website. It, it's made Jay White the most talked about wrestler in the world right now, all eyeballs are on him and I think that's deliberate and our work here is done, Damon. <laughs> yeah, right. right. I mean, I'm still kind of amazed at just how much that blew up. And I and don't you think that it was a a conscious effort to, to mention WWE specifically? Like, they didn't... Yes. Yeah. You, okay. That's something they talked about on... Um, Voices Wrestling flagship because I've been talking to people on Voices Wrestling Slack about this. Um, it was uh, Liam who does the Wednesday War Games podcast. He mentioned it that specifically mentioning WWE as the potential exit route for Jay White. Like if you say it's AEW, then you're going to get all the AEW fans thinking, "Oh, great, he might come to AEW," and then when he goes back to New Japan, they're disappointed. But yeah. by mentioning WWE, you unify all those groups of fans. The the fans of New Japan and also the fans of AEW and maybe other North American promotions, other foreign promotions who don't want to see him go to WWE because of um, the, the trends and their expectations of what happens to wrestlers that they like when they go to that company. So, yeah, I think it's a, a very strategic choice to specifically name WWE as that company. Right. It's not... If, if it were AEW, I think people would be... They would work against them right it would be like oh he's coming to AEW great I'll flip on my TV and but if you go to WWE it's like you know the 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 list is pretty long of pro wrestlers who wind up going there and then I I mean I know from my personal viewing habits uh and interests my interest in that wrestler falls I mean I'm I might watch a debut but after that it's just like Phew. You know, like I can't tell you the last time I watched the Shinsuke Nakamura match. I couldn't tell you an AJ Styles match. Couldn't tell you uh, Kushida. When was the last time you saw Kushida? I don't watch the product, but yeah. um, I believe he's got a, some sort of title match coming up. I think he. I might have this wrong, but I think he challenged Johnny Gargano for North American title. So. It'll be good, I'm that, sure, though. but it's not something that I watch regularly. You know, but think of that though. Like, if five years ago you you had that match on paper, people would be salivating, and now people are just like, eh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that what I mean. Like, you're just like, oh god, um, it's funny. It's funny how just people just they just go there, and and I don't even know they're alive anymore. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, but anyway, Jay White. It, it, you're right. It did make him. Um, it, it made him. I, I was going to say it made him a star, but yeah, well, he was already a star. We he was already that. a star. He was al- He was already a star, and I think that our tweet helped confirm that. Like, like we didn't make anything, but we. To me, it was a, a more eye-opening thing of wow people people care if he left and people care where he might be going like that 
to me was was pretty eye opening. Put in your fantasy booker hat on, Damon. How and when do you think we will see the Jay White return? Do you think it's going to be done in a dramatic way that is going to lean into that inevitable babyface reaction from the crowds and present him, you know, not necessarily as a good guy straight away, but sort of put him on that path? Or do you think when he shows back up, it's just going to be same old, dastardly heel Jay White, maybe even subvert those expectations and have him do a run-in and do something very, very heelish to uh, toy with people's expectations. That would be the Jay White thing to do, wouldn't it? That that toying of. Um, I don't know. I Look, you got to figure also, it is now what? January 20th, right? And what would we be doing right now at January 20th? Wouldn't this be prime... Fantastica Mania time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the likelihood so of would be seeing um, Exotico wrestlers trying to kiss Jay White, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I I don't even think we would necessarily be be seeing Jay White on on shows like this. Period. Right. So I I know that the the idea of Jay White leaving the promo, um, the information that we received, um, the information that we shared, the information that we haven't shared, um, the idea of the the social media team and the website, you know, doing their best efforts to remove profiles and all, all that stuff. Tell us about it, <laughs> right? So, so you know, it's there is a lot of. Uh, look, if if anything, if anything, just from our Super Jcast point of view, we are a very good amplification tool. <laughs> we are a very good – if, if anything has been proven, that we are a solid amplification tool. Um, we wouldn't see – we'd be seeing Jay White right now. But, again, we added – Here's what we've done. We have we now have an a interesting, fun. We can speculate. We can put on our fantasy Booker hats. We can uh, uh, speculate and look for every little uh, nugget that might be hidden underneath the ground. We're doing stuff instead of sitting there watching. Shows that are while are fun are not part of the New Japan calendar year, right? That means very little in the sense of storylines and whatever. I mean, we have and we're talking about, and we haven't seen a match, we haven't seen an angle, we haven't seen a, a anything yet. We we got a guy who's probably right now on the beach with his lovely girlfriend, with a drink in his hand, and his toes in the sand. And he's the hottest pro wrestler, and everyone's talking about him, and he has done nothing, <laughs> right, to help that. I mean, that talk about that, that's what's amazing, is that we have that in what normally would be a time of, okay, we're just watching shows and we're reviewing uh, trios matches. I... I, I we could beat this to the ground, 
and people can beat this to the ground, and by the time this is all over, we'll probably be sick of it. But I like it. It's fun. It's like a free agent who's out there. Who? Where is he going to sign? Is he coming to my team? Is he going to your team? Is he going to make this team better? What is he going to look like when he comes back? It's that sporting element that people kind of get their rocks off on. That not all the time but translates into pro wrestling, and I and I and I kind of dig it. I I do. I don't know if you're familiar with Arsenal player Mesut Özil. A lot of parallels you could link between uh, him and Jay White, who Özil hasn't played a match for Arsenal since God, almost a year, but then was sort of frozen out of the team, and then just by virtue of not playing, everyone was talking about him and right. all these rumours circulating and you know furious speculation about why has he been kept out of the team? Where's he going to go next? Blah 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 blah. So yeah, there's definitely a real. Uh, sports feel to this whole situation. Yeah, don't think it's just like this is exclusive to pro wrestling. This, this is, this is, I don't know. I, I think people, I don't know if it's if it's a thing where it's an opportunity for people to give their two cents when they might not have two cents to give. Like anybody can have an opinion. Like if you have a major sports star who's you know a free agent and they're they're speculating on where they're going to go and where they're going to land and for how much and how that's going to impact the team. Everyone can have an opinion on that. Like if you're a sports fan, you you can have an opinion on that. You might not be right, you might be but but it's you know, everybody's going to have an opinion on it. You'll turn on sports talk radio, you'll turn you'll read blogs, you'll see uh, articles and you know that's what that's what it is and to have that kind of bleed into pro wrestling, I, that's the kind of shit I love. Now, there are people that are just like, I don't give a shit wherever the fuck you go, whatever. Okay, I get that. But there's also people who don't give a shit about best friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I use them as an example, right? There's people who don't give a fuck about Orange Cassidy. Um, there are people who don't give a fuck about, you know, nonsense in pro wrestling. Okay. I mean, that's that different strokes for different folks, but... I think a lot of people like if you have like if you have a little bit of a sporting background, like a little bit of you're a sports fan. You have a team you follow. You have you have a sport you follow or players that you follow. This this kind of scratches that itch for you from a New Japan Pro Wrestling perspective. Well, the flip side, it's an interesting angle to look at this from Bash. He says, "Do you think with all the uh, rumors about uh, Jane White that Ibushi's title win, especially in the West, has been downplayed with all the attention focused on Switchblade and his next move?" So, yeah, do you think? something has been a bit of excitement and luster has been lost from Ibushi's type win. Yep. No doubt. I mean, again, we, we sit and talk about when you, I, so Ibushi's the champion. He's not going anywhere. I mean, as a matter of fact, it, it, it helps anchor him. People care more about people leaving than people staying. And um, when, when there's, when there's the shadow of doubt, when there is a, a a shadow of doubt, uh, that's that's what gets people excited, and that's what gets people talking. Um, yeah, I mean, no one, and that's no, not a fault of Abushi. Let's let 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 me, let me be clear there as well. And that's really a story. A guy who's you know worked his whole entire career for this achievement. Um, I mean, that's a story, and and sometimes I think that. I feel bad for him because it it does feel like Jay White has 
overtaken the interest of New Japan without doing anything. Um, I'll also say this, that pro wrestlers are in it for themselves. Now, I understand that there are storylines and there are things that they have to uh, kind of stay within the guidelines for storyline purposes. But pro wrestlers are in it for themselves. Um, they're doing everything they can to make themselves shine brighter and be the focal point. Um, Jay White's got to be feeling pretty good about himself right now. You know what I mean? Like, like just, just what was described of this guy won double gold Tokyo Dome. Big moment. Big moment. I don't know. It looks like a little bit of that shine is taking off. And we're all talking about Jay White. Uh, and again, Jay White's sitting somewhere on the beach in the middle of, uh, I'll call it, uh, I'll say Tampa, Florida, just for the sake of Florida, uh, with, a, with a drink in his hand and toes in the sand. Good for him. Good for him. Kenny's done a thing. Speaking of uh, Bullet Club leaders, former Bullet Club leaders, got a question from Nick. He says, do you think Kenny Omega and Good Brothers, so Carl Anderson, Luke Gallows, sporting Bullet Club gear at Impact's last pay-per-view is a sign that there's a working relationship between Impact and New Japan and <laughs> AEW imminent? Surely there will be a Bushiro cease and desist otherwise. Uh, and listener Sean replied and said, Meltzer answered that question. He said it was a Good Brothers idea and nothing more to that. There's no type of agreement. So, um, Yes, that th- there's no agreement, and if anything, based on what we know about New Japan, this is going to irritate them rather than make them think, "Oh, yeah, we we better strike a deal with these guys." Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 it in a nutshell. Um, there is no working relationship right now. Um, I mean, that said, I, I I mean there were were plans to bring in Gallows and Anderson. From what we understand, I don't know if they're still in place, but um, you know, it, it, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of those guys being brought into New Japan at some point, and I don't know, run some sort of feud with Gorillas of Destiny. But it's certainly not a promotion, uh, promotion to promotion agreement. Yeah, it wasn't like Kenny's calling up anybody saying, "Can I wear a Bullet Club T-shirt?" Um, and they they're sort of coming dangerously close to getting that cease and desist. I would think that would be a next step. I would not be surprised as to to hear that. And I know that'll piss people off. Like that'll be like what if New Japan stepping down. Okay. It's win it's win-win for the people that are doing it. It's like sometimes when Esther knows she's not supposed to be doing something. You know, she's sort of crawling towards something that she shouldn't be touching. And I go, Esther, no. And then she sort of turns around to me with a little cheeky smile on her face <laughs> and sort of goes back to do it. She's she's testing me because she just wants that reaction. So for the, the you know the guys that are going out there wearing this bullet club stuff, either they just completely get ignored and they keep doing it, or if they get slapped with a cease and desist, then bang, <laughs> you know, bring out another t-shirt on pro wrestling tees with a cease and desist. Oh look, we've pissed off New Japan, right. living rent free in their heads. Rah, rah, rah. So it's, yeah, we're it's rebels now. Look at us. Yeah, we're punk rock. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, you 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 do it until you get your hands slapped, I guess, but. <laughs> I don't know. I just, once again, 
I know. I just find it amazing, man, how people just can't let go of that. It feels like it was an eternity ago. What is what is everyone's obsession with having <laughs> like like think of this. I like and I don't even think I felt that you know, remember when they they brought back the NWO you know and it's like okay we're we're going back here it's like that's what it feels like with this it's just like oh we're we're doing this again like like there's nothing you know it's just like oh, of course it feels old it feels old it feels but like do you remember the first time you you even caught wind of what they were doing with bullet club and what bullet club was and you saw them at like you saw people wearing the t-shirts do you, do you remember how long ago that was? I remember walking around Hong Kong in 2017 or 2018 wearing a Bullet Club. Uh, it was Kenny Omega t-shirt, actually. And someone coming up to me in this crowded market in Hong Kong and too sweet me because I was wearing a Bullet Club t-shirt. <laughs> that feels like an absolute lifetime ago. It does. Oh, and we're just constantly like, I, I don't know. Like, do people want that? Like, I, I just, I don't know. And I know I, I can just... understand why they're doing it because it drums up a lot of casual fan interests. Just any reference of some, you know, Bullet Club or Ibushi or whatever whips up casual fans into a frenzy because they think it's breadcrumbs for what they see as an inevitable uh, working relationship down the line. So, if you are those wrestlers like Kenny Omega or whatever, why would you not do it? All you have to do is drop in a reference and then people get really excited and there's buzz and people are talking about what you're doing. So, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Times... I think it would be promotional malpractice not to do that sort of stuff, as really? irritating as it might be for fans like us who know that nothing's going to happen, or well, at least I in the short think... term anyway. Right, but I just think, how many times can you go to that fucking well? Like that's that. We'll find out because they, <laughs> yeah, they're going to keep going back to it. <laughs> yeah, as long as the checks keep coming in, I guess. I get. Yeah, I mean that's really the bottom line. But man, it just feels like God. This is old as dirt. We're still doing this. Like Christ Almighty, haven't we milked this thing dry? But you know what though? If you look at our Discord, I mean, I know we have that bot that, that I do that love. Hilarious. We made it one day. We, that's our record so far. Exactly, yeah. well, just over 24 hours <laughs> without right. mentioning the specific keywords that trigger the bot. So, <laughs> well done, everyone. I know, I know. And I don't know, people just try and game it and we, people are trying to be assholes with it. But, um, yeah, it's just every day. Like but, I mean, the, it, the bot was created as a, as, as a you know, a just a fucking tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. And... Uh, yeah, okay, we bring it up everything. We can't go a fucking day without talking about them. Somebody got to bring them up. So I, I, here's the thing. I'm wrong in the sense of people care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't. Man, it does people... mean we get to use the Kenny's Done a Thing jingle that Andrew made for us. So. Right, right. It's not a complete waste. That's a good point. We haven't. We don't really feed them in anymore. You know what yeah, I got to do? I got to remind Dan him. to... Um, yes. I gotta remind Dan to uh, put in that Rocky Roman or Rocky Romero uh, uh, lead in. We only used it once. 
Every time I send over the file, I'm like, ah, I got to remind him because I know he forgets. Dan's got a lot going on. He's got that band's fucking every every other week. He's got a new song coming out. My God Almighty! He's like and fighting the good fight with the leading the, the trade unions to glory as well. That's true too. He's a he's a mover and a shaker over there. He's gonna he should run for government. You know what I mean? He should run. I would vote for him in a heartbeat. Honestly. Oh my God! Imagine Dan being there. Dan be like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Close everything. Everything would be closed. <laughs> Because he'd be like, I'm just supposed to stay home. Drum. Uh, he'd, he'd have I can't... all the, the banks burn to the ground. I yeah, think. yeah. Yeah. I can't wait till he headlines Glastonbury and we get in. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> it's going to be fucking awesome. <sighs> Changing the subject here, Damon. I watched New Japan Strong. What? Because no one else does. But mm. what, my big takeaway, actually, from watching it was Fred Rosser seems like such a nice man. He's got a lovely smile. He's got a lovely sort of warm, engaging personality. He's been learning Japanese. He's been practicing his Japanese phrases on Strong with his little interview. So um, I've turned the corner. The first one I watched him, I was like, yeah, I'm not interested. WWE reject. But now you can see how hard he's working, see how invested he is. I, I'd like to see him get a go. Um, look. Of all the available talent out there, of all the the here's what here's here's what we're gonna get at. I we know that that this is being used as a ploy to get work at another company, right? I mean that's that's what's happening here, right? Are you meaning to tell me that he is? learning Japanese in bad faith. He's not <laughs> he's not hoping to be cutting promos in front of a raucous Korakuen crowd at some point later in the year. Oh I, I don't know. I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical of if 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 any one of a number of uh North American promotions says uh hey we got a spot that his ass isn't uh on a, the next plane <laughs> going to their uh TV tapings. That's, That's why we've got Tamatonga. And I want to praise him specifically. He's like become the, the unofficial gatekeeper for uh, sort of Western New Japan. I don't know if you've been following any of this beef. You know, he's he's been going at it with the, the Good Brothers for doing the Bullet Club stuff. He's been going at it with Michael Elgin. It's just, <laughs> he he has got, uh, I, I really enjoy his podcast, his Tamazana podcast. There's always juicy stuff in there. To, you can, you know, he's spilling the tea a bit and... I feel that he's done a really good job, a bit like Jay White in that sense, and getting people talking about him, even though he's not actually in the country right now. He's because you know why there is something to be said about a dude who doesn't give a shit, right? Like there are, there are plenty of shows that you're going to get in a, opinion that you know is homogenized and watered down and just doesn't feel genuine like people appreciate that people appreciate a genuine take and it can be a wrong take but they appreciate a genuine take uh and i think he has that like he he that's what he delivers um and he's you know he's not afraid to say what's on his mind that makes for a good show, not 
you know, there you could go down a fucking laundry list of pro wrestling podcasts. I think they stink. Ugh, there is nothing worse than another fucking pro wrestler who puts out a podcast. Yuck, boo, boring. Who gives a shit? This one, this one, I, this one I've listened to. I listened to. I think it's good. I would give it a stamp of approval. As a matter of fact, I think it's good. I just, I like the fact that he will call out other people. Yep. On their bullshit for using New Japan to try and get a bit of shine and get the name in the spotlight. Okay, the, the, being that we're on that point, I agree, and I don't, and, and and I have no, you know, I make no money off of this. I can't say no money, but you know, there's amount. We're not we're not we're not diving into a a a, a cauldron of coins, are we, Joel? Um. I like the fact that that he's not afraid to do that, and I'm and and it is a little bit of a look. I don't know Fred Rosser from fucking anyone, right? I, I've never met the man, and he, and you're right. He does seem like a genuine dude. Like he seems like a good guy. He seems like a hustler. Uh, a, 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 he seems like a guy who. Um, if if he's focused and he'll give you one hundred and twenty percent, and that, what what more could you ask for? I don't think he's fucking sitting in his bedroom as a fifteen year old watching Ricky Choshu tapes. <laughs> being that we're talking about people who have watched Ricky Choshu matches, um, the, you know, I, and and if that's gatekeepy, uh, sorry, you know, but I just. I, what I the last thing look I the last thing I'm here to do is tell people not to take fucking work, especially now. It, take work, but right now, it, I find it difficult to believe that strong is not being used as a promotional tool by these wrestlers just to get their name out, so that once any any. Any kind of offer that comes along, they can scoop up. And I can't say I blame them. I'm not saying I blame them. I'm just saying it is what it is. I just want to cuddle with Fred Rosser. I think that's it. Oh. He, just, he just looks like the sort of guy where if you were wrapped up in his arms, you'd feel really safe, like yeah, really secure, it. and you'd know that he's going to take care of you. Anyway, I'm going to move on before I start getting... <laughs> no, no, no. We're staying right here. I want to talk more about this. You're all right? You're all right? Uh, are you yeah, okay? okay. You all right? You need, need, you need somebody? <laughs> right. Rose to the new beginning. Coral Good Hall. Uh, Lucha Blog asks ah! a question for us. Yeah, Lucha Blog says, at what point in this unending stretch of Coral Good Hall shows will you wish some were a Fantastica Mania tour you could hand wave instead? Now, let the record show... Lucha blog that I was not hand waving Fantastic Mania last year. I was, I was singing its praises. You were. I wasn't. I was sitting there uh, in my apartment at the start of the COVID outbreak in China, uh, and I, I looked up specifically the two matches I really enjoyed. There was a trios match with I'm going to get this right, La Sangre Dinamita. That's El Cuatrero Forastero and Sanson against Angel de Oro Niebla Roja and Titan, and there was also a really good main event with Caristico against. Barbaro Cavanario. So my official stance is that Fantastic Mania is good. 
I like it. It's fun. It's like a big party. You get to see um, New Japan wrestlers going back to their old gimmicks when they're in Mexico. And I like it a lot. So I'm sorry that it's gone. And these Road to New Beginning shows have been as dry as toast. You know, let's, let's, let's be real here. I'm always someone who tries to be positive about New Japan, but there wasn't really much to sink your teeth into. And I think that's reflected in the attendances as well, because, you know, of course we've got COVID going on. I know Japanese citizens are concerned about that as well. So that's playing a factor. But the attendances have been low. So the three shows we've seen, we've got 694, 396, 470. Uh, Matt points out that the Stardom 10th anniversary show drew 713. So that outdrew... Uh, all of these New Japan shows. So, I mean, Damon, I'm for one shocked that a stretch of shows built around the Master Watto against Bushi feud uh, isn't going very well. <laughs> and if you look at the results, they're just trading back and forth wins. Because, you know, it's like Team A's guy who's going to take the pinfall takes the pinfall. The next night, Team B, designated pinfall taker, takes it. Um, you know. I, it's hard to get excited for that. What I what I wish for Fantastica Mania, um, probably. I don't. I don't know. See again, the one thing that I did like about Fantastica Mania was it was a pause button, where uh, you know not a lot carried over to the actual storylines for New Japan. Whereas, it's like a fever least, dream, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it really is. Um, and like, then, oh, I had the weirdest dream that there were a load of CMLL wrestlers wrestling New Japan guys and Okada right. was dressed up like someone from a movie and there was weird, shitty, pseudo-Mexican food at Corican Hall. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, what were those horns called? What are those horns called? The Volvo... The Vuvuzelas from the, oh, right, the South right. Africa World Cup. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I tell you what. I know this is kind of on the fringe when we talk about Lucha. You know, I still follow that Erica Canseco. The young, <laughs> that young lady who, uh, one of the dancers for uh, the promotions, uh, you know how they have the young ladies at, you know, when, when the wrestlers come down the aisle uh, on, on the ramp. Uh, oh, she has a new calendar out. I was actually thinking about buying it. If, I'll tell you what. Could somebody buy me the Erica Conseco calendar, the 2021 calendar? Oh, she's fantastic. I, I still watch that. I think it's adorable. The clip with uh, the the now Master Watto doing the little dance, like she's teaching him how to dance, and the smile on that man's face. Oh, you could light up a room. Like that was genuine happiness from Master Watto with this gorgeous woman. Teaching him how to dance. He was having a blast. Oh, boy. So anyway, she's doing very well. In case <laughs> anyway, you were wrote, wondering. Wrote to the new beginning. <laughs> I'll tell you, one thing, one thing that I have enjoyed is having Kevin Kelly sticking around to do commentary for these because I know for a lot of people that's been a deal breaker. If there was no live English commentary, they would not be watching these shows. So I think that's been good. It was also quite fun having El Fantasmo popping in to do a bit of commentary work as well. Uh, Louis says with the new strict time limit how do you guys feel about these shows I think the shows felt rushed in order to make time for all the matches I was a fan of it I like that it was just five matches under two hours in and out of there so I just it, it's fine to just have it on in the background while I was playing a bit of Final Fantasy 6 so my bullet points from these shows uh, we seem to have a new long, young lion which is 
a long time coming because the last new young lines we got were Uemura and Suji, and that was coming up to three, yeah, nearly three years ago. So that's a very well, long what time. About, not we don't to, know, what, what about sorry, sorry, Japanese sorry. young lines? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Because I was Japanese like, well, then we have Stephen Regal's on there. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm enjoying the stuff with Empire because, you know, there's a lot of concern about the fact that they lost all their big singles matches at Wrestle Kingdom. But I like the fact that they're sort of being rehabbed by. Uh, realistically being really angry. So they come out of Wrestle Kingdom really angry and taking out their frustration on the Dats, on, on Tenzan and Koichima. So I think that's good stuff. It's a way to heat them back up again. And they're they looking pissed off. I like Okan bullying the young lions, whoever in Suji. He's calling out Naito, Osprey calling Kojima bread-eating twat. Um, Lawrence says, how do you feel about Okan's hair extensions and his little red bow? <laughs> more more to that as well. Okan is using this sort of weird feudal imagery in his promos, talking about taxation and peasants and stuff, which is very strange, but also quite funny. Um, and I'm enjoying Kojima's promos as well. He's really angry. He's fighting for the, the pride of his... Uh, and, uh, trying to get revenge for his... Fallen teammate Tenzan, who got the stretch job back at uh, New Year Dash, you know, him refusing to tag out when he was wailing on Osprey. So that's been good stuff. I've enjoyed the Empire work. Uh, we've seen Okada doing funny dancing. That just seems to be his go-to thing, doing something wacky when he's uh, not got much on his plate. Uh, so he seems to be sort of paired off with Evil here. I don't know when we'll actually get an Evil singles match. I mean, if it's going to be castle attack that's going to be quite a long time for them to have to do these tag matches so uh, might be a while there and if they don't do a castle attack oh god if they're trying to stretch it out until the new japan cup got got a long time to go with this could go on for ages uh, a lot of concern about tomaki honma who's looking pretty rusty uh he's been having this mini feud with naito they've been op- on opposite ends on the tag teams and the destino is a clunky looking finisher at the best of times and Honma is not the guy to make it look smoother it was no. really touch and go I, you know there's Honma's been talking about challenging Naito I hope there's not a singles match it's not something I really want to see you know we've said before I, I think you know Honma has still got you know the brains of a pro wrestler and the passion of a pro wrestler he can lay out a good match and I think he's had his singles matches uh, the last couple of days he's had a New Japan Cup against Hiromu and before that against Taichi I really enjoyed but you know, we said before, accident way to happen with Honma. Um, Suzuki Goon stuff. So we got this feud with Bullet Club. El Fantasmo still doing the loaded boot gimmick. I don't know if that's going to be paid off uh, in this feud with Suzuki Goon, but it's been very divisive, this loaded boot thing, because a lot of people don't want this sort of, you know, 80s territory heel shtick stuff in New Japan. But this is what New Japan does. I think, you know, this has been a feature in New Japan for a very long time. And if nothing else, I think it's a really clear marker to signify that Suzuki Gun of the baby faces in this feud, which is a really interesting choice. And the fact that they've put El Desperado front and center in this feud, like the whole unit, the Suzuki Gun unit is coming out to El Desperado's music, including Minoru Suzuki. So I think that is something. And this is mm. it's something new and different for uh, El Desperado to you know be the person who's getting whacked by these loaded boot shots. And he's the one that's having to do the selling and be the baby face in peril and be the one that's got to fight against adversity. And I think that's deliberate. And I'm not saying that Despy is going to go on a big baby face turn in, in the near future, but he has been put in a spot here to show some range and I think he's doing really well. He's doing it in his own idiosyncratic way. Like there was a bit where he took the loaded boot to the stomach and he sort of doubled over in agony, but then he, while he's sort of 
crippled up in pain. He manages to uh, poke El Fantasma in the eye. So he's a really underrated seller. And I think there is a lot of mileage in him getting a, a run and a push as a sort of tweener, uh, junior singles wrestler. And a, a weird sort of runoff from this Suzuki and Bullet Club feud is that we've got these little singles feuds coming off with Suzuki against Ghetto. And a strangely jacked Jado against Doki. I don't know if you've seen Jado lately, but he he's, looks like he's been hitting the gym pretty hard because yeah. even though he can barely walk, he looks like he's in tremendous <laughs> shape. So he's got that going for him at least. Um, yeah, the, the main event stuff. So Commando Ray says, why did Master Watto get so many main events? And our listener Ian replied to him and says, experience and exposure. And that's it. You know, He's a guy who, who needs those reps in those main event spots in front of... Korakuen Hall crowds, um, being able to wrestle in these main events and get main event wins and, you know, be the person to pick up the mic at the end of the evening. And I think he is growing both physically. He looks, uh, to me, he's looking more muscular. He's got his new gear. In in terms of the execution of his moves, the jackknife pin looks crisper. That's improved because when he did it against Desperado and Best of the Super Juniors, it was a bit wonky, but he managed to execute it very well on Bushi during these shows. Uh, there was a fun little post-show thing after his he he and Show won the main event, and <laughs> neither of them really want to talk on the mic. So they're sort of giving the mic, oh yeah, now I'm going to give it to Show. He doesn't like talking. Oh, I'm going to give it back to Watto. So I thought that was a lot of fun. Show for his part, he's shown a nasty side as well, which I like to see. You know, we want to see those levels from Show if he's going to have a, a potential to be a, a main event single star in the future. And also, I think there's a lot of eyes on his partnership with Ibushi. I don't know if that means anything, you know, there's talk of faction shakeups coming in the future, but there does seem to be a uh, strange chemistry between Ibushi and Sho, that there's a sort of kinship between them that is interesting to watch. And um, Tanahashi cried again in his post-match promo. We've got some air guitar stuff from him when he won, uh, and you know, there's nothing he likes more than turning on the crocodile tears at the end of a show. And those are my thoughts from Road to the New Beginning. Oh. I agree with everything you said. <laughs> what? Uh, look, I, I, you know, is there anything there that that someone who maybe is taking a little little breather, maybe taking a little time out? What? What is there anything there that? Give me one match that people can sink their teeth into on these two shows. I can't. I can't go out of my way to say this match was good. It's not. It's just sort of preview appetizers, hors d'oeuvres right. for the the big matches that are coming up in the future. We've got a big show on... Um, well, there's one on Thursday, actually, which I don't think is going to be televised, but I just like the name of this arena. It's called the Siden Chemical Arena, which I'm pretty sure was a level from Sonic the Hedgehog 2, but I don't think that one's going to be televised. We've got a show coming up on Saturday, which is a good one, it's at the Ota City General Gymnasium. It's another Road to the New Beginning show, but we've got some good stuff here. So first match, uh, Doki and Minoru Suzuki versus Jado and Gedo, which... Good show? What? <laughs> no, I, I'm into that. Is, is there really? not a bit of you that's looking forward to seeing World's Greatest Tag Team pairing up again and seeing the just the absolute shithousery between these four guys? You got that right. Um, I mean, look, if you're... If you're booking this, Joel, Suzuki goes in and destroys them both instantly, right? This is a this is a less than five minute match that Suzuki handily 
defeats these two old and decrepit and well past their prime, uh, and I put in air quotes, pro wrestlers, right? That's what happens here, right? We get to hear, we are, we, you know, we, uh, fuck you, and then that's it, right? That's that's where we go with this, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting an in-ring classic by any means, but I'm expecting a few chuckles out of this one. All right. All right, All right so what, second what, match then is uh, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii, and Kazuchi Okada versus Dick Toko, Yujiro, and Evil. Nothing to say about that, you know, we've got the Okada Evil feuds, that's it. I'll move on to the third match. Hiroyoshi Tenzan comeback. We got Satoshi Kojima and Hiroyoshi Tenzan against Great Okan and Will Ospreay. And I'm into this one. I'm excited to see what these guys can do because they have laid some nice background to this. There's, you know, there's a it's got that grudge match feel again. And I think there's going to be a lot of big babyface support for the returning Tenzan. And of course, it's like a little preview for the Tenzan Okan singles match that will be coming up as well. So uh, are you excited for this one? I don't know if I'm excited for it. It's uh, like I, I think they've done a good job in 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 getting people at least warmed up to the idea of this match. Um, it, let's 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 keep in mind that we still have Tenzan here, who is ba- is is barely mobile. Um, he did have that really good New Japan Cup match with Yoshihashi, so. I think we are approaching the end of his career, maybe this year. I think we're likely to see him hang up his boots sooner rather than later. So I would say view this match through that lens because you don't know how many more Tenkoji tag matches we're going to get. And I think this one is going to have a lot of passion and energy and fire behind it. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down a guess and I'll, I'll put some money on this. We're gonna see a hot. We're gonna see Kojima getting uh, lots of uh, lots of double team maneuvers from Okan and Osprey, and we're gonna build up, and we're gonna build up to that hot Tenzan tag where he cleans house, and then some kind of chicanery. He gets fucked over, and I bet you Tenzan lies down to this one. Fourth match is an elimination match. I always enjoy New Japan elimination matches. We've got Wato, Sho, Honma, Tanahashi, and Ibushi against LIJ team Bushi, Hiromu, Naito, Shingo, Sanada. So who do you see standing tall at the end of this one? Who do you think needs the rub out of these 10 guys? Because it's the, you know they're sort of paired off with their feuds going on. We've got Wato against Bushi, Sho against Hiromu, Tanahashi against Shingo, Ibushi against Sanada. And then by default, this Honma, Naito thing. So who do you think needs the win here? I mean, we're looking forward to an Ibushi Sonata heavyweight title match. I think if you want to even further solidify your main event, Sonata stands tall here, right? Like he's yes, the I had the same thought. Right, so good. We're smart. We know we know what's going on here. And the main event is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match with. The champions, Kanemaru and Desperado, defending against El Fantasma and Taiji Ishimori. I think this would be good. I think this would be real good. Uh, I mean, you figure the... I'm, 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 I'm pausing because, one, you would think this would get a decent amount of time, being that this is your, your main event. This is these all four of these guys can go. 
you got Canamaro and Desperado, who for for the entire run have been not only heels, but you know, a true definition of heels. Like there was no wavering on Desperado and Canamaro for many, many months while they hold while they held those titles of being just deadlock stone cold heels. They're baby faces here. <laughs> You know, it's it's amazing uh, how that works. And then uh, Fantasmo and Ishimori, who I think are are good team. Um, I'm not in love with them, but I think they're a good team. What would you think of the loaded boot gimmick? I mean, we've. I'm trying to think of in the past of of someone who had something like like a like foreign object being the the key. I'm trying to think back of who might be a person like I mean yeah, that New Japan like in New Japan's history. Not that's did, coming to did mind. Togo with the garot count. Yeah. Um, I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. It, it it doesn't. It doesn't bother. That doesn't bother me. It does make. I mean, look, <laughs> referees' jobs sometimes are they're there to you know their job is to take the heat off of people, uh, you know, i.e. the the baby faces, you know, to not look like total idiots. So the referee's now going to you know he's he's the idiot. How could you miss that? How could you? Okay. We get it. We know how pro wrestling works. Um, give me a give me a ceiling of this match. Do you think this could could? This is a is this a gentleman's three or are we going higher? I'll set the bar at a gentleman's three. This is one of those matches where it will hinge on your tolerance for shtick. I think. A lot of Western New Japan fans are probably going to be on the lower end for this one, given it seems that the reception to El Phantasmo and the Loaded Boot thing is lukewarm. I don't mind it. I, you know, that's that's El Phantasmo. He's the, the sort of cheesy territories heel stuff. Like it's fine. Um, in terms of snowflakes, I would be. I think four would be optimistic. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, "Ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. 
And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. And you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Yeah. And is that just because of shtick? Yeah, this is going to be a very shenanigans-heavy match. Okay. Not a lot to look forward to there. I think there's, there's, do you think there's a lot to look forward to here? Are you excited by this show? I am. Yeah, I think I've laid out that the. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, oh. I mean, I, I mean, this podcast. <laughs> uh, I think the show will be good. I'm looking forward to it. Five matches. I think the only match that I'm completely hand waving is the, the second match with the six man evil Okada thing. But everything else, I think there is something for me personally to be invested in, and I'm I'm interested in what happens with the junior tag titles because. I can't really see any other challengers. What other junior tag teams are there? So Wato and Taguchi just lost at Wrestle Kingdom. So you think they're at the back of the line. Yo's still injured, so Rapongi 3K are out of the mix. You would think Hiromu and Bushi are not going to be getting together anytime soon if Hiromu has his hands full with the, the junior singles title. So I'm curious as to what happens next. Is it going to be uh, Suzuki-Goon retaining again and El Phantasmo goes back to the US but from what we've heard, he's in line for a big push. So do you think the Bullet Club win the titles to give him some shine and then they hold on to it, maybe losing back to Suzuki Goon at some point before that's the Super Junior? So Phantasm can go on his singles run. So there's a lot of question marks there on the future of the uh, Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Show some guts, Joel Abraham. Wow, we seen the title change here? Are you going to yes. say yes? Me too. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because because just for the things that you laid out, like make the change, then you have an instant 
rematch. You know, you have you, you, the idea wouldn't be preposterous to see this match again um, if if they lost. Because um, you're right. Yeah. Where else do they go? Anniversary show or whatever. Yeah, I mean, where where else do you go until you can see? Here's the problem. This is the problem in a nutshell. And and it, and and it's not like we have been dazzled in years past. Again, we talked about we'd be in the midst of Fantastic Mania. We'd be at these uh, road to new beginnings. Here's here's in a nutshell. This is this is New Japan for me right now. We're buying time. We're spinning our wheels and buying time to get past this so that we can bring people back. We can do, we continue to, to, it just feels to me like we're just trying to kill time with, with a lot of these shows. Um, and that's where I'm having some trouble getting the juice up for a IWGP junior heavyweight tag team championship match between El Desperado and Kanemaru against Phantasmo and Ishimori. You could, you could, and a, a, Elimination match where it feels like I've just there's, we're we're seeing an elimination match after elimination match after elimination match, and uh, and I know people are, are excited for the return of Tenzon, um, but it's the return of Tenzon, not yeah. I, I think you made a mistake there. Person is excited about the returns of Tenzon. Oh, <laughs> and it's me. Okay. <laughs> One right. person. Is- okay. Okay. All right. All right. Again, we're getting we're getting the the 2021 version here. We're not going in a time machine. Um, this is this is a show. I'm going. This is a show, and it's um, and if my if my my juice for this isn't being uh, translated through this podcast and through my voice to get you the listener excited. You're probably right. <laughs> you you probably are right. All right, let me throw this lineup at you for this week strong, which is Road to Lions Break Contender. Kevin Knight, who's the newest LA Dojo Young line. Kevin Knight and Jordan Clearwater against the Regal Twins, Logan and Sterling. Brody King versus JR Kratos, which I think would be a very fun big boy fight. And then main event is Ren Narita against the debuting Bateman. So I'm interested in that one, not only because... I like to see Renderito. I want to see how he's developing, uh, but I'm also interested to see what uh, how, how Bateman looks because you know he's had his promo interview last week where he's doing the sort of scary psychopath character. So you know, normally our strong lineups look pretty dry, but I think this one might be quite interesting. Okay, I, I am in for the Narita. Um, I am in. Yeah, I mean, just to see Bateman, just to see what the story is here. I mean that that will be something I will check out. Um, we'll see how it lands. I mean, if if like if that if if look the the interview was very westernized, weirdy thing. Okay, it was very but, NXT and not any good. Yeah, thing. yeah, correct, correct. It was a little bit like okay. Um, Let's see how that carries over into the ring. Like, if he's doing, like, gimmicky nonsense in the ring, that's going to be an instant fast-forward. But if he goes in there and... Ha- you know, if he's not doing character work, I'll I'll be more likely to 
stick around. If he's going in there and doing character work, then, uh, we'll see. It's, it's, we'll see. The, the, but, but yeah, I'm, I'm there to see a young line. All right, so we are one hour and four minutes in. We've got a list of questions here. Let's blast through these, see if we can clear out the backlog. So Mark says, okay. can you see a future in a Hiromu Naito tag team to keep the tag t- title momentum going? Them versus Dangerous Techers could be amazing. So do you think that's something that they might break the heavyweight junior tag lines in the sand for? That'd be fun. Um, that'd be it. That, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? I like the idea a lot. I don't think we'll see it. Um, obviously, we have to have... Uh, Junior heavyweight title, hop off of Hiroma, which which we figure it, you know it's eventually. I don't think he's going to go the, the entire calendar year with it. Um, look, I, I'm not opposed to the idea, that's for sure, and I think it it's it's a novel concept. I would do. I would. Why not? It's 2021. We got a new president. We can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matty says any insight on the Castle Attack tour is it just another tour at a new beginning or can we expect some tournament or gimmicks and Sid said how do you think the two Osaka Joe Castle Hall attack shows no no two Osaka Joe Hall Castle attack shows will look like one main event will probably have heavyweight belt so uh, what title do you think will main event the other night juniors maybe so yeah any thoughts on what you think these double Osaka Joe Hall shows might look like I mean no, do you? <laughs> to be honest, do you have any any inkling of of? I don't think we're going to see anything gimmicky. I don't think we're going to see anything like. There's not going to be a presser where they're announcing, you know, a new stipulation or anything like that. Um, Intercontinental title tournament. Disconnect the belts, maybe. You think so? No, I'm just <laughs> throwing it out there, <laughs> speculating as a, okay. a fresh possibility. Well, I believe she has been very vocal about saying. He he would like to see them merged into one title. Like he's hand waving the fu- he's hand waving the intercontinental title like everyone else is. Um, so I would say probably not. Right? Um, I I don't. I think you're gonna get a, you're gonna you're getting what you would normally get. It, I don't think the, these things are going to stand out in in a way that it's like I don't know to give you a terrible example. It's not like you know it's a themed show right this is not um hell in a cell okay uh or war games or you know i, th- I think we're seeing shows what would be on it your guess is as good as mine yeah um i'm just thinking the last time they did the double osaka joe was the new japan cup final and then dominion the next day so yeah, there is precedent there for something gimmicky, but uh, we'll see. I think they could just play it straight and maybe have junior title headlining night one and then heavyweight title headlining night two as we get an Esther run in here. Hello, my darling. I was about to say, what's going on in there? It sounded, uh, <laughs> I, I was saying to David was... before we started recording, I've got the same problem now with Esther that I had with Scampi and Gatti back in the day because they all want to see what's going on. They're all interested in what Daddy's doing with the podcast. And if I shut the door then there's going to be tears. So I've got to leave the door open and risk having background noise. But there you go. Okay, uh, Taylor May says, with the typical long-term slash two-year booking, do you think we can expect a Shibata angle or return this year? I'm going to say no. I don't think we're going to see him wrestling again. I think the ship has sailed on that one. It's been, what, four years now? 2017, 18, 19? Yeah, 
four years. Coming up to four years, I, I think we're unlikely to see him getting in the ring again. Yeah. What? When? When was it? The 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 attack on Shibata, um, and everybody got all excited. Like, why would they do it twice? <laughs> why would he? Why would he go down twice? He's coming back. Yeah, he's not coming back. He's not coming back. Um, now again, could they work something with with the, the LA dojo and the, and the Japanese? Sure, of course. But to think that he would be re- stepping foot in the ring, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, I think you're right. Andrew says, with Japan suspending foreigners from entering yet again, what will the New Japan Cup look like this year? Must we suffer another Jado singles match? I mean, it seems <laughs> like they are sort of pot committed to having a 32-man field for the New Japan Cup. I don't think they're going to go back to 16. So, I don't yep. know. I'd have, to, I'd have to sit down and count the number of wrestlers they, they've got right now. But, yeah, well, I'd be sweating that. on that one. All right, let's do this. Joe, you have a pen and paper handy, right? No, or not? No, I do not. I've got a baby handy. <laughs> right on her. Say, <laughs> hey, come here. Uh, I mean, look, they got a okay, lot. Okay, shall I get the notepad out? I've got my digital I'm just, notepad. I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just going to read off names. You tell me if they're in or not. New Japan Cup, all right? Yeah. That's not fair? All right. Uh, Suzuki. Yeah. Ishii. Yes. Okada. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. You think you drove him? Yeah. Oh. Okan. I think if, if you got two legs, <laughs> then you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Okan's in. Yeah. Osprey's in. Yeah. Right. Uh, how about Kojima? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Esther loves a bit of Kojima. She loves the bread dad. Yeah. She loved it. It was true. She loves bread and she loves her dad. So there we go. I've figured out who her favorite wrestler is. So yeah, Kojima's in. All right. How about any juniors? Are we seeing juniors this year? Uh, Probably. I don't know how they're going to hit 32 otherwise without, you know, getting your likes of Farley and Mad Mikey Nichols and Jeff Cobb and people like that who'd otherwise make up the numbers. I think they might need to get the juniors in for it. Yeah. Yeah. Show... Hiromu, uh, Despi. I'm trying. Despi. Okay. Uh, Do you think we'll see Shingo in it? I mean, he's holding the Never title. It depends what the stipulations are, I suppose. Yeah, he was in it last yeah. year. He's got to be in. Yeah. I be. I would be really. I would. I would be livid if he's not. Mm-hmm. Be livid. Um, I'm going to throw you a name. Honma. Is Honma in New Japan Cup? Yeah, probably. I mean, he's going to be. So? In it. Yeah, he'll be in it before the likes of Jado or Ghetto. Yeah, but he's one and done, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Yep, yeah, one and done. Okay. Uh oh. All right. I mean, Yoshiashi in. Yeah. I mean, they got enough guys. I think they got enough guys, right? Yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll have to go away and do my homework on this and come up with a proper list to see whether or not <laughs> Jado makes the cut. But um, there we go. Uh, Austin says, inspired by the evil in 2024 question last week, where do you see these wrestlers for next year's Wrestle Kingdom? So it could be Rambo, random tag, special singles match, title match, or not on the card at all. Uh, evil, I I think he probably... Oh, I, 
I don't know. I think he was in a mid-card area. Yeah. Uh, Sonata? Same. You know, like, after intermission kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, mean, they're they're upper middle... uh, Upper middle weight. Christ. (laughs) Upper upper mid-card, right? They're they're, they're in the mix. Uh, Watto? I wouldn't be surprised if he's either... I wouldn't be surprised if he's challenging for a title, for a junior mm. title. I wouldn't be surprised. This time next year, like this time, or, you know, Wrestle Kingdom time, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, look, they're, they're putting him in all these fucking main events for a purpose, right? Uh-huh. Well, I was thinking I mean, it's, it's like they've sort of got a mini tournament going on at the moment where we've got Hiromu and Sho and then Bushi and Watto. So I was expecting Watto to beat Bushi and challenge Hiromu and... Yeah, I, I mean, I expect that to be happening sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, but they can always. I mean, it's, it's a long year. Mm-hmm. I, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. I mean, they here's one thing: New Japan does is that they don't give up on guys easy. They, they really don't. They'll they'll do everything in their power to to get them into a position where um, they'll be a they'll they'll be at, at least somewhat of a credible challenger. I I I wouldn't be surprised if Watto's at at the top of the list come come dome season. Uh what about Hiromu? Oh, he's I, I mean to me right now he's top 4 guy in the promotion. Do you think um, he's going to be in the junior title mix or do you think he is doing something else by then? You think he's do you think they're going to bump, bump him up? I don't know. I don't I don't see the, the the need for it. I know everybody says, "Well, that's what they do and blah blah." I just don't see the need for it. I don't see it. Um, no, I think he'll be in the heavyweight title mix. And uh, last one is Tanahashi. I mean, look, how do you, it, Wrestle Kingdom season? You don't fucking just drop him in a, you know, a rumble, right? He's not in a rumble, and I, I could see him challenging for like a never or. He's got to be like upper mid card, right? It's fucking heroic. I know. I eventually that time's going to come. I I get it, but until it happens, I just can't see it happening. Yeah, he's he's special singles match territory at this point. So right. exactly. expect it to be plugged into something similar. I doubt he's going to be in any sort of title mix though. Um, Michael says cartwheel death match on how many Mongolian chops during Tenzan Okan? Oh, plenty. at least ten. Yeah, I'll set the I'll set the I'll set the over under at ten, and I would take the over. All right, strap yourself in for this one. Mixelplick says, <laughs> "Just thinking, should I Uh-oh. paraphrase it or read it word for word?" I'm going to read it word for word. Um, uh, verbatim. Oh, is it long? Is it long? It's long and it's uh, full of explicit language. So, oh uh, my goodness! Holy right, fuck! This is- With everything going on, is it somehow only just occurred to me? That we are very likely to get Hiromu fucking Takahashi versus Kota motherfucking Ibushi at the upcoming Ooh. fucking anniversary show. Ooh. This is a match that I've personally been dreaming about since at least mid-2018. I guess my question is, are you guys half as wet as I am thinking about Ooh. this possibility? And Ark says, I know a lot of people are excited for a hypothetical Ibushi-Hiromu match for the anniversary shows, but after seeing their recent playful backstage promo... What would you think of the idea of them running the promise match between Hiromu and Naito from last year instead? So, Damien, your thoughts on the possible main event of the anniversary match, which has tended uh, to be 
heavyweight versus junior showcase match. I mean, that sounds fucking delicious, doesn't it? I mean, potty potty language aside, <laughs> um, yeah. So you'd and be going some... you, Hiromu Ibushi over doing Hiromu Naito. I mean, yeah, it's it's probably yeah. Looking at the champions, I mean, it, it does it's not always, but it does tend to be heavyweight champ versus junior champ. So, I think Ibushi Hiromu is the way to go. I mean, I'm I'm into it. Who's who wouldn't be into that? Show dumb. Question. Show wouldn't be into that. Show has got well, his eyes yeah. on the prize. He thinks he's going to win the junior title. He's looking past that, and he's talking. He's already been talking about the anniversary main event against Ibushi. So, I, and I do like that. I like the fact that title challenges hint at what could be beyond the title match itself, which I think makes them more credible challenges because they're, they're thinking long-term about it. So you're thinking, oh, maybe they will win. If they're already thinking about what their next match could be after that, what do you think are the odds of Ibushi versus Show at the anniversary match? Could be. Um, I, I, I don't know if I would be... I would be excited for it, but I wouldn't be as excited. Um, I don't think they've ever wrestled... Hiromu and, and Ibushi. They were in a tag match, weren't they? It was uh, Naito and, and Takahashi against, uh, speaking of, Kenny and Ibushi, right? Yes, it was that, the CEO project show, wasn't it? Right. That's it. Talk about a fresh matchup. I want to. I want to see Hiromu Ibushi. I, I'm with. I'm. I'm. Who? Whoever asked the question. I'm with him. Her. It. I'm. I'm with. I'm down. Let's do it. I'm fucking yeah. Hands down. Yep. Yeah. All right. Uh, Twitch uh, question. Oh, sorry. You, you're still going. No, I'm just yeah. In it. I'm just thinking about the part. Yeah. That. I'm. I'm fucking down for that. Yeah. Sarah says, uh, completely unrelated to any of these shows. Have you seen the Hiromu makeup video? Please also show Dennis. I did send you the link last week. I don't know if you watched it. I watched it. <laughs> it's fabulous. You know, it's 12 minutes, 47 seconds of Hiromu applying makeup and talking. I've no idea what he's saying. He looks fabulous at the end of it. I I think he should start wearing makeup to the ring. <laughs> Just to add a, an extra layer <laughs> of extraness there. Um, I'm wow. assuming you haven't seen it. Uh, no. no, I haven't watched it. <laughs> Um, try try and fit into your busy. I tell you what, during halftime at the the hockey games, uh, while you're at the stadium, you can just get get out of the Hiram makeup video. I'll I'll ask them if they could put it so they do a whole game presentation as if there <laughs> are fans in the arena. Yeah, maybe I put it right on the screen. Be like, can you pop this on? I'm sure they'll have no problem with it whatsoever. Bash says, um, oh sorry, I thought you're done. No, I'm just looking at my phone right now. I have someone just sent me a direct message on Discord. Who is it? Name and, name and shame. Name and shame? Yeah. Let's see here. Dan. Just Dan. Not our Dan. Dan. I've talked to Dan before, though. Um, it's a is hockey it, question. Oh, okay. I thought it might be some breaking news. No, nah, it's a hockey question. No scoops. Uh, yeah, at 7.21 a.m. my time. Just FYI. <laughs> Doesn't a man have privacy? 
Just delete the Discord. The Discord was a mistake. Just delete, yeah. I know I should. All right, very good. Uh, Bash says, do you think Inoki's version of wrestling has paid off with a blend of moves from MMA crossing into pro wrestling and vice versa? For example, wrestlers training in martial arts, uh, Zach uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Hinare with Muay Thai, Suzuki moving between both pro wrestling and MMA and MMA fighters making the jump to pro wrestling like Tom Lawler, Matt Riddle, etc. Um, yeah, your thoughts on Inoki's version of wrestling and those lines being blurred between martial arts and pro wrestling? Well, I mean, we've always had I mean, if you just look at New Japan in general, they've always had this fascination of, you know, pro wrestlers being the combat sport um, and proving that pro wrestling is is the greatest of them all. Um, but even with wrestlers themselves, I mean, a lot of them like the idea of that competition. You know, I mean, they like the idea of, um, I mean, look at all the pro wrestlers that were that have some type of, of collegiate background or um, fighting background or MMA background uh, and, and, and background being, you know, they don't have to compete in the UFC, but they train or, and you know uh, that they do. Um, Cause I think that there's a lot of that competitive th- th- scratch that they need or itch that they need scratched. Um, so no, I don't, I mean, I think you'll always see that. And 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 I, and I know wrestling companies kind of like guys who have that background. Not to say that they're easier to train in pro wrestling, but you already know that they're athletically sound um, for the most part, and you know that makes the, the I guess the the physicality of pro wrestling easier to communicate to someone. Um, and here's the thing too. I mean, in a, in a strange way, I kind of like the fact that a lot of what the training that goes on in dojos, especially in the early part, and even in the history of pro wrestling, there is a lot of that. I don't want to say stretching going on, but they're you know they're 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 safely inflicting pain on these people to help them emote that pain when they're in a pro wrestling ring. Um, that's the the logic that was explained. So. No, I, 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 I think we'll always have that. I think we've always had it, and I think we always will have that certain element of um, a lot of guys having that fighting background and, and transitioning into pro wrestling. Yeah. Uh, another question here, not a wrestling question, but a philosophical one for our time about the pandemic. Seems like in the West, uh, it's handled things badly. Uh, do the idea of individualistic philosophy of life, whereas in the East, the pandemic seems not to be as bad due to the idea of a collective responsibility to people. Do you think the West needs to learn these lessons from the East? What are your thoughts about it? Or do you think both sides have handled it badly? Yeah, I, I would be very careful about drawing those sort of hard and fast lines between East and West. I think there's you know, plenty of countries in the East that have made mistakes as well. So I don't think it is uh, an exclusively East and West thing. But um, I just do... Just notice little things like in Thailand, where you know I've lived here for well three years altogether. That people, and, and again in Japan as well, if you're sick, you wear a mask, and you're wearing the mask not for yourself, but to stop other people getting it. And I just think having that sort of ingrained into your culture before the pandemic makes it an easier transition to get everyone doing it when the pandemic started. So uh, I also think there's other little cultural 
things like the way you greet people like in thailand it's the, the little kind of placing your hands together sort of a, a mini bow almost without actually there being physical contact you know you know shake hands with people or hug people or kiss them or whatever and i'm sure just little things like that have helped contribute um i don't know damon any thoughts about how different countries have dealt with the pandemic i mean i i, I, I can speak obviously for the united states and i can't speak for everyone but it's not like people are running around maskless uh, in the streets. Like everywhere you go, you you have to have a mask and you have to wear a mask. And it is completely a different thing here in the United States wearing masks. Like we don't wear masks when we have a cold or we have the flu or that's just not a thing. We just don't do that. As And as a matter of fact – you're kind of looked down upon if you are sick and you have to go to work. I can't tell you how many times in my life where it's been, oh, okay, I have a cold, but I'm still going to work. Or or I'm sick, but I'm still going to work. Why? Because I don't have the PTO or I don't, you know, or, or I'm expected to be in for a certain thing. You know, it's it's that. And it's almost like, oh, you know, you have to be on your deathbed to be considered sick enough to stay home. Um, but no, it's not like it's lawlessness in everywhere in the United States. Now, look, there are, there are rural areas, um, that, and even in the city, I can't, I can't even say not that where people are just like, oh, I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not fucking doing it. Well, okay. And they're going to make a big stink out of it. And they, they talk about their freedoms and their, <sighs> but, but, but me personally, I, like, have I experienced that? No. I, here's what I'll tell you what we experience. We experience people wearing masks but wearing them poorly. The old wear the mask over the mouth, fucking nose exposed. Like that's what we see a lot, the, the lazy mask wearing. Um, that's that's what I see more than, than not. Yeah, it's a culture thing. It's It's a – Everything's an inconvenience thing. Everything's, a, you know, it's, and it's not for the common good of someone else. Um, that's that is the that is a that, that is a problem. Yes, but I, I I see more people complying with that, and they might do it half heartedly, and they might do it, but they're it's not. I don't think it's as prevalent as people say it is, but. I can't say it's not there. It's th- it's obviously there. Um, yeah, and 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 we have done a pretty poor job of handling it. I mean, we're still we're still in it, and we're in. Not only are we in it, we are. Our heads are under the COVID water, and we're drowning. Um, and the vaccine rollout has been done pretty shittily. If that's what, shittily, shittily. Uh, I hope we learned a lesson from this. I really do, but I don't think we have. We'll see. But yeah, it's it's definitely a cultural thing that where um, the idea of I'm sick and I don't want to get you sick, that's just not a thing here. I also want to give a next step as well. Like the, It popped back up in Thailand. We've got little clusters of it coming from, uh, I believe it was migrant workers from Myanmar. So it's all well and good to benefit from that sort of migrant labor 
but then I think you need to take care of those workers to prevent this sort of stuff from happening. You know, it's a, it's a double-edged sword. You can't make all the economic profits from it and then just sort of throw them under the bus when this sorts of things happen. So I think protection for the more uh, vulnerable workers at the sort of lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum would uh, benefit societies greatly for, for these sort of situations. Um, okay, back to the wrestling. Dread and Rosa says, you both spitballed a possible Suzuki-Uemura match. What do you think about Uemura making such an impression on Suzuki that it brings him into Suzuki-Goon either in lieu of an excursion or after one? Um, I don't know. Uemura just seems too good-looking to be a bad guy. Could happen. I think that there is the stronger connection between Gabriel Kidd and Suzuki-Goon um, because they've got history going back to the they had experiences together they crossed paths back in the uk so gay kid would be one i'm looking at for suzuki and what do you think about the possibility of you your Wemmer in suzuki good Nah, i don't want that i don't want that i mean suzuki is breaking up anyway right joel <laughs> oh, i love them. it's gonna be taichi goon or despi goon i won't be surprised i want to be surprised uh yeah, I mean, if given the two options, I'll take Gabe Kid there. But I don't I, personally. I don't. I don't know if either of them go. I don't. I don't know if either of them go. And and that's going to be a while before we see that anyway. So, um, but if of, of one of the two, I prefer Gabe. Um, but we'll see. I I I don't see it happening though. Joe says, "Who's the next wrestler to win the IWGP Heavyweight Title for the first time?" And Trash Factory says, "Could you see either Suzuki or Shingo becoming IWGP champion, and which would you prefer?" So. Next wrestler to win it for the first time, probably Will Ospreay. You know, they've put him at the head of a new faction, not for nothing. So he would be the person I say wins it for the first time next. Uh, Suzuki or Shingo? No, I don't think either of them are going to win it. Which would I prefer? Probably Shingo at this point. Um, I think kayfabe-wise, I would struggle, I think, to buy Suzuki being presented as you know the top guy in the company, whereas... Shingo, I, I could see that. You know, Shingo, I can see going toe-to-toe with the, the top wrestlers in New Japan at the moment. I just think Suzuki's a little bit too old for that now. Yeah. Um, I mean, and again, a shock win might be interesting. But yeah, I, I don't. I think that ship has sailed. Osprey's probably my pick, too. I hate to be samesies. But yeah, I would go Osprey being a guy that's closest to that title right now and having not won it yet so yep that that would be my pick as well watch it be sonata next month (laughs) uh razen says what is left to tell of naito's story if he does main event tokyo dome ever again would it just be to put someone over or is there enough emotional investment in his character to want to see him end the night as iwgp champion again speaking i'm a naito fan maybe not as hardcore as a lot of others but i feel that he's had his moment Although I think there is mileage and money left in that Hiromu match. So if I was going to put Naito in a Tokyo Dome main event, it would be to put over Hiromu if Hiromu does make that move to heavyweight. Two matches that they have in their pocket is Hiromu, which would be massive, Um, and Osprey. Those are the two that, that... they they have that they haven't gone to yet, so um, you figure you you got to ask what, what what's Naito's role in, in that? And to me, it's 
making both of them bigger stars than they already are. Uh, so if you're a Naito fan, that might leave a little bit of a bitter taste in your mouth. But no, he's always going to be a top guy. When I say always, I mean until his body says that he's not a top guy anymore. But in those two scenarios of the money matches that they have on the table still let let the go yet to go, um, I would think in both fashion that they would be used for getting over people. So um, there is that that you have to look forward to. Okay, let's have a question from Jerry. Can you see an Okada-like junior title reign for Hiromi to build to Wrestle Kingdom main event spot in a year or two? If not, how would you build enough interest for the match to be in the main event spot? So do you think that there's anything Hiromi could do to get the junior title in the main event at Tokyo Dome? Yeah, he just he just needs a compelling storyline. Like as a character and as a title holder, he's already there. He just needs a compelling story that would get people even more interested in having him win or lose. Now, um, what that is, I don't know. Uh, I'm not fantasy booking that, but like if you if if anybody's in doubt that he's not a guy that could do it, he could do it. He could do it. It's just Again, having that, having that storyline leading up to a to a domain event is is going to be the important part. But like, he's a guy that could do it right now. Oliver says, after your discussions regarding the four singles titles, what do you think of the idea of having rules for each? For example, IWGP top title Intercontinental can only be competed for by people from different continents. US only defend on US shows, never junior versus heavyweight. So I, this actually came up in a Suzuki interview a while back, and I, I looked it up um, while I was looking at this question. So in this Suzuki interview... He says, uh, what should we do with these titles? Why is the US title called that? Why Intercontinental? They're distinctions, right? So distinguished. Let's all understand where we're at. The IWGP Heavyweight Championship is the number one belt for everyone. Intercontinental, that should only be between wrestlers from different continents. Japanese guy versus a European guy. America versus Australia. Whatever. US only defend it in America. Never just heavyweights versus juniors. That gives us some clear distinction. So I like the idea. It's a nice gimmick, but I just think logistically it would be an absolute nightmare to, to have to book around those kind of restrictions, uh, especially, you know, with people getting injured and people not being able to get into the country, right. restricted rosters. It's just, it would be a nightmare to have it. Yeah. You, you, you would handcuff yourself beyond belief. Um, and why would you do that when in pro wrestling, you have the flexibility to, to be able to not do that. Um, yeah, what that would be again on paper. That sounds like a wonderful idea. The logistics of that would be just a nightmare. So that's why you don't say it. Daniel says Tanahashi going up against a true strong style wrestler like Takagi gets me really pumped. But I started watching New Japan in 2018. Does he have history with other wrestlers in this vein? Uh, I'm sorry, who who we talking about? I was yawning. Tanahashi. <laughs> so Tanahashi against wrestlers, strong style wrestlers like. Takagi. So has Tanahashi had any feuds or matches against people of that mold? Not a feud. Um, I mean, what would uh, give give me name like is Makabe in that mold? Is uh, Ishi in that mold? Is uh, uh, like 
Suzuki in that mold? Like who? I mean, and and all the above. We, we he've he's had uh, marquee matches, right? Maybe not Ishii, but yeah. I mean, there's some good suggestions in the comments actually from other listeners. Um, someone suggested the feud with Keiji Muto, which was pretty stiff. Um, matches with the early version of Nakamura, Tanahabashi versus Prime Goto in the early 2010s. Do you want matches with Ishii? Uh, matches with Shibata, Suzuki. Uh, other people are saying I mean, Nakamura is... as well. Shibata. Yeah, the yeah. Suzuki Wrestle Kingdom matches. The first thing that comes to mind. To they had a really good anyway. King of Pro Wrestling one as well in 2012, I think. Yeah, um, you know, and again, if you want to consider at that time Nakamura, that cut from that cloth. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I think this next one is a Joel question. Steel O'Neill says, in honor of this uh, possible UK TV deal, uh, which New Japan wrestler would you add into a classic UK TV show? Yano seems like a perfect fit for the goodies, and Yoshihashi could play both Gareth and Tim in the office. Uh, so I'm trying to think of which wrestlers were fun. This is classic British shows like Faulty Towers. Who can we have as a, a hapless? Um, maybe Zack Sabre Jr. as the manager of a hotel in Torquay. I think they're could be lots of fun shenanigans there. Yes. <laughs> I don't know anything. <laughs> All right, let me give a question for you then. A question for music, Damon. Has he watched the documentary uh-huh. Supersonic about Oasis? Does he agree with Noel's statement that the band should have ended at the Kenworth gigs and not made any more music after that? That's bash. The Nebworth, right? Is it Kenworth or Nebworth? Nebworth. Is it, is it I, I think I've mistyped that. That's all right. Um, yes. And <laughs> fun fact, uh, like... Probably the past two trips to Tokyo, I would watch it going, and I would watch it coming home. Um, so I'm very familiar with that movie. Um, should they have ended it then? No, no, because they had uh, they had albums that were important and 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 singles. I mean, maybe not at the fucking peak, you know, of like definitely maybe or or what's the story or you know, I mean that was just madness. Um, how popular they were at that time, but no, no, I don't. I, like, no, no. There was other good music that came out from them that that was uh, well worth it, and not. But that was the peak. I mean, I, I understand the argument of how do you how do you not have? I mean, how do you beat two nights, you know, with that many people at a concert? So. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the fun fact. The concert wasn't even that great. <laughs> um, but it does. It is like a, a a peak moment in their career. So sure. Ben says, do you think it hurts Okada that he doesn't chase other championships other than the IWGP Heavyweight? And Alex says, question. I feel like every other year we get the Okada falls, Okada rises story, but he doesn't have the title. How can they change his story up to keep him from repeating the same story the next ten years and not get stale? And Cola Blue's got a suggestion here. It's got to be the classic. Wins IWGP title and goes mad with power. Grows an evil Masahiro Chono goatee and becomes the ultimate final boss for an up-and-coming babyface Jay White uh, sans beard. So what do you think about Okada? What do you do with Okada without the heavyweight title? Well, on the one hand, it would make things a lot more interesting. Uh, it would freshen things up a bit. It would make 
other titles must see. On the flip side is, is that you got a guy that, and I don't think anybody would disagree that it would be the guy in your promotion taking a back seat. I think, I think that's, that's the worry there. That even though you're doing good on these secondary titles, they're secondary titles. Um, and I don't think they want to present Okada in that fashion or in that light. And I don't think he wants to. So it's 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 while you could put the tag belts on him, while you could put a, I mean, let's be truthful here. Do you, can you imagine him with the never title? I was just going to say that, like him challenging Shingo for the never title would just be weird, and it would right. betray what his whole character is about. Yeah, I mean, it's just not one of those things that. Again, there are benefits to him doing that, but I just don't. Not that it, it just seems like a step down. It just doesn't seem right. Let's put it that way. Right. Last question then. And then we've cleared the whole backlog. This is from oh Goldfather. He says, Mace versus Hiromi Takahashi, time bomb finisher on a pole match. I've sent you on Twitter. Uh, on <laughs> I've WhatsApp. seen this actually. Yeah. The sloppy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any strong feelings about quote unquote uh, stealing moves? No. No, uh, moves are moves. You can, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, that's, that's part of pro wrestling. There is no stealing moves. Um, I know that there's this unwritten rule that, I mean, listen, if you're, if you're, if you're fucking in a new Japan ring and you have the absolute gall and the balls to hop up on a fucking top rope and do a, whatever you want to call it, a frog splash or a high fly, whatever you want to do. You have the guts to do that and then go back to the locker room and survive. Good on you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're taking your life in your hands. That's career suicide is what that is. Um, but if you're in another promotion, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, that happens. You know, that happens. I mean, imagine if somebody said that like, Okay, you can't, you know, do a, a I don't know, a, a drop kick off the top rope, or you can't do a suplex off the top rope, or you can't do a, a lariat, and then it just progressed to, okay, you can't do an axe bomber, you can't do a burning hammer, you can't do a, you know, I mean, that's, nah, nah. Again, you're in the same promotion? Yeah, you're, 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 you're gonna, somebody's gonna shit in your fucking bag is what's gonna happen. Um, but, you know, outside of your own promotion, no, no, there shouldn't be a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. No one else is allowed to do a shitty podcast about New Japan Pro Wrestling. We, we got, got that covered. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. Especially this one. You done. know, you ever you ever do a show and you're like, oh, you know you didn't fucking hit a home run with it. That's what I feel today. Like, I just feel like I, I just couldn't get my groove. I couldn't fucking get swinging. Uh, well, no, New Japan's got to meet us halfway, and those <laughs> half-baked coral yeah. shows are not really giving us much. So next time we'll just Thanks. roll out the best of clips that uh, John spent so much time going through. So we, st- we we have got that in the locker that we can pull the trigger on at some point if we're not feeling it. So um, yeah, that's it. There are no questions left. So I'm very satisfied. That's my OCD uh, nice and calm <laughs> for this week. So redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to throw some money our way. 
Discord link is in the show notes. Uh, if you are a crazy person who likes watching all these Road 2 shows, our live event, Spoiler Zone, there is a great place you can uh, chat to other people while you're watching them. At Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to get one of our great t-shirts. Big thank you to Editor Dan. Find on Twitter at HowLousyHero219. Subscribe to Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows and you can buy their New Japan NBA ebook as well. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at SuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.